implications on how they can live their lives. So he started by exhorting them to enter the new sanctuary. That's chapter 10, verse 19 to 31. Then he exhorted them to endure persecution. That's chapter 10, verse 32 till the end of the chapter. And we have arrived to Hebrews 11. Amen? And in that chapter, he's exhorting them to live by faith. The whole chapter is pointing out to examples from the Old Testament, how the Old Testament saints lived by faith. And if they did so, so should the readers that the author of Hebrews is addressing. Amen? Today we arrive to Hebrews 11 for the faith of Abel. Now, let me pop quiz you. This is week number three for us in, in Hebrews 11. What is faith? We talked about this. What, how, what did we define faith together before? Faith is action based on trust in the actual promises of God. Let's say that one more time, all of us together. This is this, our paraphrasing to Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. Faith is action based on trust in the actual promises of God. So it all starts with a promise from God. God says, for example, go make disciples. One command we have from God. He promised it. We know for sure this is an actual promise from God. We trust that this promise is true and God is good. So much so that we're willing to act on that promise. Amen? Not just trust that it's good and not act on it. You trust that it's good. So good as a matter of fact that you act on it. Even if you don't see results, for example, you still trust that God's word is true. And the promises of God are far more secure than even what you see with your own physical eye that you keep on going. You guys are with me? That's faith. So what is faith? We paraphrase it as action based on trust in the actual promises of God. Today, in, in verse 4, the author of Hebrews will start giving us examples from all the Old Testament saint, saints and how they lived their lives by faith. And the first example we have here is Abel in Hebrews 11.4. The background of Hebrews 11.4 we actually see in Genesis 4, 2-5. Just a couple of verses. We're going to read it so we know exactly what the author of Hebrews is referring to in Hebrews 11.4. Here's what it says in Genesis 4, 2-5. Well, just in case you're not familiar with the Bible, God created Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve have two kids. The firstborn was Cain, and the secondborn was Abel. So that's like the basics here. Um, Genesis 4, 2-5 reads this. Now Abel kept flocks. He was a shepherd, and Cain worked the soil. He was a farmer, okay? Uh, in the course of time, Cain brought some of, of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering. What did Abel bring? Fat portions of some of the firstborns of his flock. Now, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry, and his face was downcast. Now, this passage right here in Genesis 4 is the background that the author of Hebrews looked back at in Hebrews 11.4 and said, Hey, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than that of Abel, by which he obtained the testimony. How? When God accepted his sacrifice and accepted his gift. And though Abel died a long time ago, he still speaks to us. Amen? Now, 
surprise, surprise, this is a difficult verse. When I was trying to study it, I, I found it more complicated than what I would assumed it would be. So there's really two main ways of understanding what the author of Hebrews is talking about here. You guys are with me? So I, know, I need your uh, brains for the next few minutes. There's two major ways we can understand Hebrews 11.4. The first way is that, remember in Hebrews 10.38, how the author of Hebrews closed chapter 10? He said the just shall live by faith, right? And then the first understanding is this, uh, the able, the Bible tells us that he was a just man. He was a righteous man. He was a good man doing good deeds. And here in Hebrews 11.4, the author of Hebrews found in Abel an example of a righteous man, a just man who lived all his life by faith. You guys are with me? Now, that incidents here in Genesis 4 when Abel offered a sacrifice to God for the author of Hebrews, that's just one example of many of how Abel showed faith throughout his life and throughout his just and righteous life. You guys are with me? So the first understanding is this. This sacrifice that Abel offered is just one example in that wonderful long time of justice and righteousness that Abel lived. You guys are with me? So according to that understanding, what made the sacrifice of Abel better than that of Cain is not the actual kind of sacrifice that he offered, but the attitude of Abel when he offered that sacrifice. So it was faith, his attitude toward the sacrifice that made God accepted versus that of Cain. That's the first major understanding of that verse. And surprise to me, I'm like, everybody, all the good people that I read their books, they're all kind of in that camp. They all see that this verse is just, um, an, like that sacrifice is an example of the many righteous things that Abel did by faith. Now, the second camp, the, the second way of understanding that verse is that by faith, by faith, Abel offered a kind of sacrifice that is better than that of Cain. You guys are with me? So they both knew what God wants. One was obedient and the other one was not obedient. You guys are with me? So one trusted God and offered a better kind of sacrifice than the other one. So Abel trusted God and thus he did the better kind that God was, was looking for. Now... That is kind of what the Septuagint was implying. Again, the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament that was done before, before the New Testament. So the people, the Septuagint translators, looked at it, and that's how they implied. They say something to the effect that God was talking to Cain and said, if you would have uh, cut the sacrifice and do it the right manner, I would have accepted it from you. So they implied a kind of... Cain actually knew what he's supposed to be doing, but he offered something that was not really what God was looking for. You guys are with me? Now, to complicate things more, which one is it the right understanding? Let's, actually, it's, it gets a little bit more complicated. Because we know from the text here, when you read in Genesis 4, that Abel was a shepherd, right? And this way he offered a, a lamb or a sheep to God as a gift or as an offering. On the other hand, Cain was a farmer, and that's why he brought the first fruit of his soil to God. So each one of their offerings was corresponded in a way in line with their jobs, which favors the first understanding that it was the attitude of the offerer what made the sacrifice of Abel better. You guys are with me? 
The flip side of that coin is we know later on that the Levitical system, God commanded only a blood sacrifice. God never said, bring me anything else except a blood sacrifice as a gift or as an offering. You guys are with me? Which favors the second understanding that Abel actually, both Abel and Cain knew, and Abel was obedient, and that's why his sacrifice was better, because according to what God wanted. Have I lost you yet? A little bit? Okay. So there's two ways of understanding that verse. Okay? The first one is that Abel and Cain did not know what God actually demanded from them. They all did what they have on their hand. Abel, though, because he was a righteous man, offered that sacrifice as an act of faith. But Cain didn't. That's why God accepted the sacrifice of Abel and did not accept the sacrifice of Cain. That's the first way of understanding, okay? The second way of understanding is that God, they both knew that God only will take a blood sacrifice. So by faith, Abel obeyed God, and he offered the sacrifice that God wants. And in lack of faith, Cain refused to obey God, and he offered the sacrifice that God did not even ask. Is that good? Yes, mm -hmm. Sister Laura. Right, but that was limited to them not able to afford uh, a blood sacrifice. If they cannot afford the blood sacrifice, they can bring the green offering. We don't have any indication that Cain was not able to afford it. You know, it seems like if, if they both knew, then it's the lack of faith in Cain's attitude that God was not pleased with. But yes, absolutely, there is some a provision for the poor like that in the blood offering in the Old Testament. You guys are with me? All right, so which one is it? Which way, which way we should understand it? Well, it all comes down to one simple question. Did they both know that God wanted a blood sacrifice or they didn't? If they didn't know that God wants a blood sacrifice, then it's really the attitude of their heart when they offered the sacrifice that made God accept that of Abel and reject that of Cain. You're with me? But if they knew, and one of them did it in obedience and faith to God, and the other one didn't, then it really comes down to the kind of sacrifice that made Abel obey God and Cain disobey God. Right? So did they know or did they not know? Well, let's look into it a little bit deeper. The question will be now, how would they ever know? that God will accept only a blood sacrifice. I personally favor the second understanding. They knew, but Abel obeyed, and Cain didn't obey. But the question is, how would they have known? Well, I'm answering that question with a question. How would they even know that God will take a sacrifice, will accept a gift from them? They, they did that because they were told that God will accept a gift or a sacrifice from them, right? Maybe, in my understanding, in my opinion, that back in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve fell in sin and they disobeyed God and they saw that God brought an innocent sacrifice and a lamb or an animal and God slaughtered that and took the skin of that animal to, to, to clothe Adam and Eve, maybe that was the hint that Adam and Eve understood that in order for them to be made right with God, there has to be an innocent animal that has to be sacrificed uh, sacrificed and died, and they passed that information to, uh, to, to Abel and Cain. They told them, hey, when we fell, God redeemed us by the sacrifice of an innocent animal. And if you feel like you want to be on God's right side, if you want to offer God a gift, that is the kind of gifts that you should offer him. 
Abel obeyed what he knew that this is the word of the Lord and he acted on that. Cain did not want to and he did not want to act based on the word of God. You guys are with me? This is my understanding. Now, why would I take that opinion again as the first one? Why would I think that they both knew? And here is why I stand on that. If we read throughout the book of Hebrews, the Hebrews 11, there is a pattern throughout that chapter. We see, for example, here in verse 4, by faith Abel offered, right? Abel did something, and that action was because of his faith in God. And we see that pattern throughout the, the chapter. By faith, Noah built the ark, right? Noah did active action based on trusting the actual word of God. By faith, Abraham obeyed and left his country to the foreign land, right? Again, an active action of obedience based on knowing and hearing the command of God. Again, we can see... So throughout the whole chapter, by faith, Jacob blessed the two lads. Again, he, he knew what God wanted, and he acted by faith, actively acting by faith. Throughout the whole chapter, that's what we see, with one exception, and that would be Enoch. When we read about him that he was transferred, he, by faith, Enoch was transferred. That was a passive action. He didn't do it himself. God did it for him. Amen? So every other example, with the exception of Enoch, we see an active action from the man or from the human based on what they have heard from God. And for me, I don't see any reason to believe that Abel did not act in the exact same way. He heard the word of God, he heard the promises of God, and by faith he trusted what God has said and he acted on that. That's my understanding. Is that good enough? All right. What is that? It makes it easier, but the problem is the Bible is silent. The Bible doesn't tell us why the sacrifice was better or how God accepted these sacrifices. So pretty much it's all assumption. You're assuming this is what happened, but there is no clear text in the Bible that is one way or another makes you believe that this is the way that the author of Hebrews intended it. I just happen to believe that this is the right way based on the pattern that he's using, implementing throughout Hebrews 11. So we're going to go with it. Is that fair enough? Yes. If you don't like it, then you just kind of disagree with me. You don't have to agree with me, but this is where I stand. So the, the idea... My mind is that Paul speaks of, of conscience, mm -hmm. of the Gentile. Right. I mean, the conscience is there. Right. So when you're offering cereal versus... Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, the, the other one is better. Right. So even... Uh, that would be part of, uh, you know, their believing God, their conscience. Right. Tells them what right. Amen. That's, uh, that's right. So the idea here of Hebrews 11:4, according to my understanding, is this. Both Abel and Cain, they knew what God wanted from both of them. Abel decided to obey and act in faith, while Cain did not act on faith. So the author of Hebrews here, they tell us that by faith, Abel did three things, right? The Hebrews 11, 4. Three things Abel did by faith. Number one, by faith offered a better sacrifice than that of, of Cain. Number two, through which, we're going to talk about that, is through that faith, through his faith, he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts. That's the second thing he did by faith. He, he obtained that testimony. And number three, by faith, though he died, he still speaks. So the author of Hebrews here has given us threefold 
by faith things that Abel has done. Number one, by faith he offered a better sacrifice. Now, why the sacrifice of Abel was better? Again, number one for me, because it was a blood sacrifice. It's my understanding, it's my assumption, again, it's my, the way I would perceive it, is that because Adam and Eve fell in sin, and they saw that the only way for sinners like them to be redeemed before a holy and a righteous God is that an innocent animal has to be sacrificed. I can imagine that one day in, 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 uh, on the dinner table, Adam and Eve grabbed Abel and Cain and said, down when they're 13 years old and they told them hey I want to tell you guys a story we actually were created and we lived in the garden with God and then we sinned against God and we messed it up so much but God loved us and he came after us and he redeemed us when he brought in an innocent sacrifice killed it shed its blood took skin and provided a covering for us before him by that skin. Amen? And they said, you know what? We feel it. We know it that God will only accept people like us who have already broken his law by, by, an, by the killing of a substitute of an innocent sacrifice on our behalf. Amen? That even go in line with what the author of Hebrews told us in Hebrews 9 before that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Amen? But number two, it was a better sacrifice because Abel obeyed what he knew is God's word, right? If they both knew that it was a, the innocent sacrifice that has to die and the blood need to be shed in order for them to be accepted by God, they might not have understood the full picture yet, but Abel by faith acted on what God has asked him to do. Amen? And by faith, the Bible said, Abel offered a better sacrifice to God. Why? Because he did what God wanted, but he did it God's way. You're with me? Amen. Number one, by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. But number two, by faith, he obtained God's approval. God testified to him by his faith and God accepted that uh, testified to him when he accepted his sacrifice now obviously there is a debate in the beginning of the second phrase the first phrase reads by faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain through which there's a lot of debate here the word which through which where does it go back to does it go to the faith of Abel or does it go to the sacrifice of Abel you guys are with me? Because both can be true, and the Greek can be having both. But most likely, the less likely, is that, that through which is a reference not to the sacrifice of Abel, but to the faith of Abel. By that faith, God has testified to them. Why do we get that? Why we would prefer faith versus the sacrifice? Remember Hebrews um, Hebrews. 11.3, right before that verse, the author of Hebrews says what? By faith, God has attested to the Old Testament saints, right? So it is faith that the author of Hebrews has already told us is the reason why God would approve of anyone is because of their faith. So now we see an example of somebody who has been approved by God and there is no, it's more likely than less likely that the author of Hebrews is talking about his faith, not his sacrifice. And the NIV has it this way. The NIV is pretty clear. And by his faith, the NIV says, or like very obvious like that, God accepted him. God has attested to him. Amen? Mm -hmm. NIV is pretty good. Whenever you're questioning, 
averse, how it exactly means NIV for 95% of the time gets it right. So, um, so it is clear that it is by faith that God has accepted, not just accepted, but even testified that he was righteous. And how did God do that when he accepted his sacrifice? We don't know how God accepted his sacrifice, but obviously it was so obvious to Abel and Cain that God has approved of Abel and declared him righteous. Amen? Now, you want to see the gospel loud and clear in Genesis chapter 4? This is just absolutely fascinating. In 1 John 3, chapter verse 12, here is what John tells us about Abel. He said this, Don't be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil. And his brothers were righteous. Now, does it say his own action or actions? Actions. It's the life that they both lived. Cain lived the life of sin. Abel lived the life of righteousness. Cain will do the bad deeds. Abel will do the good deeds. Even before they came with gifts and sacrifices to God. Even before that, Cain was evil and Abel was righteous. Amen? But look at Hebrews 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel obtained the testimony that he was righteous. For what, for what good deed did God declare Abel to be righteous? For which of his good deeds did God declare Abel to be righteous? None. How many good deeds did Abel need to do in order for God to look at him and say, Hey, you're good. I, I think you're a righteous man. A thousand good deeds or two thousand good deeds? How many? None. None of his good deeds counted him righteous before God. Do you guys follow me? Mm -hmm. This is the gospel loud and clear in Genesis chapter 4. That if you want to be made right with God. If you want to be declared just and righteous before a holy and a righteous God. There's absolutely no good deeds that you can do in order for God to declare you righteous. Amen? The only way for you to be declared righteous before God is through your faith. When you obey what God has done, when you obey what God has said and you obey him, that is the only way by which you can be declared righteous before the eyes of a holy and a righteous God. Amen? Isn't that like the whole New Testament theology really? That sinners like you and me can be declared righteous before a holy God, not by the deeds and the works of the law, but by faith in the living, in the, in the, in the crucified and resurrected Christ. Amen? By faith, he obtained the testimony of God that he was righteous. It's his faith that acquitted him from every wrongdoing before a holy and a righteous God. Amen? So two things so far by faith Abel did. Number one, by faith he offered a better sacrifice. Number two, by faith God declared him just, righteous, acquitted from every sin he could have ever done. Amen? But number three, by faith. Even though he died, he does what? He still speaks. Speaks to who? To you and me. He speaks to us. And he's telling us. What is the message you think that the faith of Abel is declaring to you and me? It's the exact same thing that he did. Number one, 
that you and me are sinners before a holy and a righteous God. And the only way for us to be redeemed for God is that an innocent sacrifice has to die as our, in our place as our substitute. And through the shedding blood of that innocent sacrifice, you and me can approach God and even have any sort of relationship with him. Amen? And who is our sacrifice in the New Testament? Jesus. We don't need any more further sacrifices, right? That is what the faith of Abel is telling us, that there is absolutely no acceptance. Look at this. The righteous Abel, the man who did all sorts of good deeds throughout his life, was not accepted before God because of his good deeds, right? He was accepted before God because of the sacrifice that he has offered to God. He heard the word of God saying, and you're gonna be, if you're going to be accepted in front of me, you have to offer a blood sacrifice for me. And he obeyed that word. He came to God and said, God, there's no merit in me. I have been doing righteous deeds all my life, but right now the only way by which I can be accepted by you is not of my righteous deed that I have ever done in the past. It is the blood of that innocent sacrifice that I'm bringing to you. Amen? And in response to his faith, God declared him righteous. God declared him just when he accepted his sacrifice. And that is also what the faith of Abel is telling you and me today. That it doesn't matter how many sins you have done. It doesn't matter how bad you have gone far away from God. Today, if you come to the point that you say, God, there is absolutely nothing good in me that makes me right with you. But I come to you today based on the shed blood of Christ and what he has done for me. He's the only way by which I can be accepted by you and today I choose to trust in Christ and him alone not in my good deeds to be accepted before you amen if you come with that kind of trust repent of your sins and commit your life to live for the one who died for you and rose again if you do that today God will declare you acquitted amen from every sin you have ever committed in your whole life think about it this way we're closing in a minute when you go to court, let's say you're a defendant, the speeding ticket, whatever the case is, what will be the one thing that you will be so longing for? You'll be so longing for the judge to say, case dismissed, you're out of here. I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to consider that you have ever even committed that crime, right? Can you imagine the relief that you will get because the prosecutor is right there, his like, prosecutor is right there, and he's trying to get the, stir the judge and the jury up against you so they can put you under the maximum penalty, right? And you have your lawyer, the, the, the one who's trying to defend you over there, trying to argue your case, but ultimately the one thing that matters is what would the judge say? Would the judge say that, or the jury? Would the jury say that you're guilty, or would the jury say you're innocent? And if the jury declare you innocent, acquit you from any wrongdoing, it doesn't matter really if you've done it or not. You guys are with me? Because the word of the jury is all that you need to know. It's all that is good for you so you can walk a free man out of that courtroom. Amen? And this is precisely what God will do for you today. Guess what? We're guilty. He knows we're guilty. We know we're guilty. Amen? But God today is willing to acquit sinners like you and me from every sin we have ever committed. Not because we deserve it. Not because we're righteous people. But because of the blood that was shed for us on the cross. In order for you though to be acquitted, you have to put your faith and trust in the blood of Jesus. Amen? You can trust in your good, do good deeds all that you want. You're still going to be guilty before an innocent 
before a holy and righteous God, like Cain, right? He brought what he worked for. He brought the very fruit of his labor. What did, that do, to, what did God do to him? He said, not accepted. But if you come to him by faith in what he said he wants you to do, that is to come to him through the blood of Jesus, today you can leave this church an acquitted man from before the eyes of a holy and righteous God. Amen? Amen. Let's close our eyes and pray. Mm-hmm.